Hi there, and welcome. This is the All is Fair in Love and Rev Par podcast, a podcast designed for hoteliers by hoteliers. Learn how to elevate your hotel's revenue and experiences with new best practice tips. With vast experience with different brands and independent hotels, your host Haley Whiting will create different weekly topics about the hotel industry to help you and your hotel achieve your definition of success. The topics and guest speakers will vary from week to week to give you a well-rounded experience. Without further ado, here's your host, President of Hospitality with a Flair and Travel Blogger, Haley Whiting. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Haley with Hospitality with a Flair and also your favorite travel blogger, Haley with a Flair. Today, we are going to be discussing a very important topic here on All is Fair in Love and Rev Par. I have a very special guest host with me today. We go way back to microwaving bagged eggs in 1864. <laughs> <laughs> so far back. You know, we look really, really good for our age. We really do. And I have been privileged to learn from this person, to watch him grow in this industry, work collaboratively on different projects. It has just been an honor. So without further ado, this is Patrick Hansen from Dominion Hospitality Group, and he is the Vice President of Operations and so many other hats. Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Haley, thank you for that very, very kind introduction. So I'm Principal and Vice President of Operations for Dominion Hospitality Group. Uh, We are an owner-operator firm, Uh, more of a boutique shop. There's, I think, there's now four of us in the corporate office, and we wear so many hats. Um, Every day is accounting, sales, revenue management, um, other ancillary things that we have to go through, operations. Um, It's incredibly fulfilling. It's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, but, uh, you know, no guts, no glory, right? Especially during this pandemic. Absolutely. I was going to wait to bring up the pandemic. Everybody's everybody's like, oh, pandemic. And I'm like, yeah, we know you got the mid, babe. I think so much, so many of us are just numb to it at this point. Oh my God, the sky could fall tomorrow and I'd be like, okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, everybody go make it their sales calls. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, very, very true. So Patrick, I brought you on today because I want to talk about bankruptcy and receiverships, not to continually make this a <laughs> raining on the parade party, but, but, you know, I think it's something that's very important and a lot of hotel owners that I have talked with and collaborated, uh, sorry, collaborated with on LinkedIn, they're in the midst of seeing this. And when you're seeing the reports coming out of star and, you know, all these news articles saying that, you know, 30% of hotels are not going to reopen. It's a really scary time. And part of the reason I brought you on is I've seen you actually take a hotel. I mean, I've seen you revive a ton of hotels, sales ops triage, but I've actually (laughs) seen you take a hotel that was fully, you know, in bankruptcy and receivership out and actually the owner has control of it again. Can you kind of walk me through that, please? Okay, yeah. So um, I came into my first uh, gig as a GM, actually. I became GM the day the owner filed 
for bankruptcy. The hotel had sat in receivership for a few years and the note was purchased from the bank by an investor. Well, the moment that happened, um, the owner declared bankruptcy and me being the whippersnapper I was, 26, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, it is grueling. It is grueling um, motions. And it was highly adversarial, highly adversarial. Like, I don't think people realize that when you declare bankruptcy, you need the court's permission for everything. You no longer have autonomy and you have to motion to pay critical vendors. You have to motion to pay payroll. You have to do all of that stuff. Hey, and a lot Patrick. Of Huh? Not, to inter- not to interrupt you, but I just thought of this because we do have some newbies that listen to this podcast. Can you also describe the difference between receivership and bankruptcy too? Ah, okay, okay. So receivership is where the bank is in the process of taking you back um, or whatever you know entity that might be. Um, you're headed to foreclosure. Uh, bankruptcy, on the other hand, is what an entity files, a chapter 11 reorganization where you say, ho, whoa, whoa, wait, Uh, we have a lot of debt, we can't pay it, but we want to work through it. Okay, so they usually come up with a bankruptcy plan that's approved by the court, lasts for, you know, in some instances, five years, and you pay whatever percent of your debt back to the creditors. There are different tiers of creditors, like your mortgage comes first and then, you know, all the other vendors that you may have done business with, but also can't afford to pay. Um, it's, it's kind of, you would run them ultimately the same way, I think, uh, to describe it. It didn't feel really different from the operations level, like property level wise it didn't feel any different. It was just, who are you sending the reports to? Who do you have, you know, uh, taking you over? So at that one hotel, I did four takeovers as GM. It was two bankruptcies. One uh, was lifted and thrown out. Um, Then we went back into receivership. Then bankruptcy was declared again, okay? And that bankruptcy was successful. And it was confirmed in 2016. So major decision in the courts um, wanting to work with us is we had, you know, really buckled down, done revenue. We, in 2015, I think we raised our revenue top line by $250,000 or something to the tune of that. And it was just incremental growth. And we played by the rules. We cooperated with the brand. We did well in our QAs. We demonstrated that we could manage and deserve to have the hotel. Um, Again, highly adversarial. It's the most adversarial thing I've ever been involved with. And I also did takeovers um, with my subsequent employer. And, you know, there there is a lot of stuff that folks would not know is going on uh, in the back office. Uh, the whole place could be torn apart. <laughs> there are people being walked out the door. Um, one thing I will never forget for the rest of my career is watching the owner of the hotel I was managing be walked off the property out of the back office. Truly heartrending. And as I watched him, I remember standing by my office door 
And as I watched him be walked out the door and he like, he held his head high, you know, like not a big deal, but I knew that it had crushed him. And I decided then and there that he would remain the owner of the hotel. Um, and that's exactly what he is today. And we stay, we're close. We stay in contact. Um, I just saw him maybe a week ago when I was up in New York. I feel like this was yesterday, but <laughs> it was, <laughs> it, was it was, it started in 2013. Um, but this, this case was the result of a default on a mortgage in the last recession. Hotel opened in 08. Okay. Um, I think it defaulted on the mortgage in 2010. Okay. And this is, I don't mind talking about this because it's all a matter of public record. Um, at this point, I'm just going to leave out names and, you know, names of buildings, names of people, things like that, because I don't want to upset anybody. Um, Absolutely. I have, yeah, I have an immense amount of respect for everybody involved. Um, but that is where you and I are sandbox recession kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm not even kidding. Like, this is how we grew up. We had to have that grit to succeed even doing so at such a young age, like we're coming out of that with that mindset in the aftermath of the last recession. And it's not nearly as bad as this one is. So needless to say, I think that's how you and I knew what to do with our respective companies saying, oh, wow, it's happening again. Okay, let's do this. We need to do this now. Um, what are some recommendations that you would make for a management staff at a hotel that might be looking at this future in 2021 with their hotel potentially going into receivership, being taken over? What are some top tips that you could give for on property management, be it a director of sales, an AGM, a GM? Okay. What I would tell everybody first is to stay calm because it's not going to be announced to you ahead of time. Okay. Like a hotel sale or anything else like that. It's not something, you know, necessarily that you want and it, that you want to advertise. And usually if it's receivership, um, it is a management company put into place by the bank. So they're going to come in, they're going to be looking for um, historical documentation from each and every single person. Um, AGM, sorry, you're the gopher. <laughs> you're gonna go dig all that out of a filing cabinet. Um, but I would say, don't panic. Um, ultimately, you are still charged with managing the property, um, with bringing in revenue, with doing sales. Just be prepared to explain everything you've done within the last year. Um, it is, unfortunately a walking it's like a you're on pins and needles and and you should be because this is a very pivotal moment um you don't want them to bring in a task force or anything else like that so remain calm be chill okay um and if there was anything if there were things that i would say have ready um if you catch wind that this is going to happen grab your t12s for the last two years, grab your star reports for the December's for the last two years um, in your most recent monthly, go ahead and grab your most recent PNL um, and have your DOS pull the top 50 accounts. 
okay? And then get ready to be able to explain everything she's done or he has done, um, you know, in the last year. You need to be able to explain P&L versus STAR versus sales effort, okay? Absolutely. And then, yeah, and then have a list of, like, when this is happening, you may be you may be asked to create an inventory for every piece of furniture in the hotel. And I'm talking down to waste baskets. <laughs> that is so crazy. But I think the biggest key that you're in essence saying is you have to CYA, you have to cover your butt and you have to document everything. I, you know, I'll never forget. I worked for this really great management company and my VP of sales said, you know what, if it's, if it's not in Salesforce or Salesforce at the time, it doesn't exist. You know, being able to talk about it, if you don't have the numbers or the paperwork to back it up, doesn't mean anything. I want to see receipts. Okay. (laughs) Another thing, (laughs) I love that Whitney Houston uh, gif where she's like, I want to see receipts. So Um, true though. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Have them all, have them ready, guys. Um, Another thing that I wanted to point out is through all of this, do not lie. Do not try to cover anybody's tracks. Don't try to do anything. It seems uh, that could get you in a lot of trouble later, okay? Because everything you're doing could be reported to a court or, you know, these are financial documents that you're giving to people. So don't try to withhold anything either, okay? Oh, Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you don't know something, just be honest. Like, I know that feels uncomfortable, but if you simply tell somebody, and Patrick, you're an owner now, if somebody mm-hmm. were to simply tell you, be like, you know what, I'm not 100% sure. If you can give me a couple of hours, let me research it, and I will get back to you by end of business. That is a completely acceptable answer. Right. And when I take over a hotel and a GM says that to me personally, um, I have 10 times more respect, um, you know, for them. And I don't, I don't know them from a doorknob at that point in time. But when they're like, you know what, I don't have that answer. Let me circle that back and get back to you. But, you know, in the meanwhile, we'll, you know, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Absolutely. And I think the only time that that's a red flag is when you hear that statement like 20 times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to lie when I take over a hotel, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm, you know, it's a, it's a three day long interview with the GM. I'm measuring, you know, strengths, opportunities, um, how they are with their staff. Um, I'm going to ask about staff turnover. I'm going to ask you to produce your um, accounts payable uh, register. I'm going to ask a lot of things of you. And, you know, if you're cooperative, if you're nice, if I see that you are competent, absolutely you can stay. But then it's a, you know, gamble therein as well. So, I'm not the type of management company to come in and just be like, oh, you're all fired and be big and scary and everything else like that. It's, it's not like that. I'm kind of chill because, you know, that part of my life is over. I did that for another company, like Gordon Ramsay style. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot sandwich. <laughs> uh, we were cutting carbs. There was no bread there. No bread. Um, so, yeah, no, I, we're done with that piece. But, um, when it comes down to bankruptcies and receiverships, um, I'm actually working with lenders and I'm also working with people that are about to file chapter 11 bankruptcy. And in my brain, it is a very 
personal intimate decision that is being made by a business owner saying, this is it. And it could be, you know, and it depends on what kind of note the, the owner has. There, you know, there's two big ones, okay? Recourse, uh, full recourse means that you were the guarantor and all of your stuff is on the line too. Non-recourse, you can just toss the keys back so long as you haven't violated any covenants of the agreement between you and the lender and the mortgage servicer. Um, a lot of that is, a lot of that's going on right now. A lot of these decisions are being made. So the folks that are going to declare bankruptcy are going to be more the people that have um, the full recourse notes. And that's exactly what my previous bankruptcy was, both of them. Um, very, very intimately involved in that process from the, the motions to the civil suits that resulted afterwards. Um, also very highly adversarial. And if there's one, it is, it's so scary. Oh my God. <laughs> it was brutal, Haley. Like I remember as a GM before, um, before one of the court cases, like the court dates, it was humongous. Like Haley, I was so scared. I went to St. Patrick's church in Victor and went to morning mass. And I just stood there stock still. I was like, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but I think now's a good time to pray. Um, like a good Christian. Like a good woman. Christian. I had my pearls on, everything. Now I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but it, it was brutal. It was brutal. But, you know, what I want to do, you know, also as an owner operator, because I get it, I had the same decision come across my mind, you know, in March. This is bad this is really, really bad. And I looked at my business partners and I'm like, uh, guys, this is, this is going to be a thing. This is not, I don't care what it says on the news. This is not a flu. This is, this is a thing. Uh, we had the opportunity, like the U S market had the opportunity to see it start in China. Okay. We all had our eye on it, et cetera, et cetera made its way further west, hit Europe. We watched Italy come to a screeching halt, okay? Just watched it ravage Europe. And then it started here. And I think in Richmond, we had our first case in February. Um, and, you know, the lights went out mid-March. Like you can actually see it go out like a light on all of the P&Ls. It's haunting. <laughs> And then we all snapped into action with our coronavirus plans, you know, internally and what we were going to do, just like every other person you've ever given your email to, like, it could be Staples, <laughs> it could be audible.com, they're like, our plan for coronavirus. And I'm like, I think I bought an audiobook from you back in like 2015, but I'm so glad to know, you're, <laughs> I'm so glad to know that you're prepared. Uh, but anyway, no, we all looked at each other and we're like, what do we do? And then we look down the line and say, worst case scenario, chapter 11 reorganization. Okay, we've been through it. I've been through this. This is my ballywick. I live for this sort of stuff. Um, I really- It's like a guilty pleasure. It is, no, I'm not even kidding. When I work best with a gun to my head, I don't know why that is, but it has always been that way. And I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie when it comes to that stuff, because I get complacent, you know me. And I looked at my- RVP of the management company. And I said, let me task. When I was a GM, I was like, let me task, send me places. 
let me do something. I don't want to just cover front desk shifts. I don't want to just, you know, do the mundane. Let me tell you something, Haley, and you've known this about me for years and you've heard me say it. Tedium is the worst pain. So <laughs> with that said, that's why I get such a rise out of what I do now. Um, you know, I try to uh, keep busy, like what we're doing right now, you and I don't ever sleep. Ever. No. No. And then you I was can't. like, why not start a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough going on. Oh my God. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think when we look at hotels like that, you know, and especially if you are on property staff, you know, companies like mine, companies like Patrick, we understand there are things that are out of your control. Like A, there's a pandemic or B, you know, at the end of the day, if your ownership, you know, dictates they want their rates or something in a certain way, you know, GM's not going to say no to the person that pays their paycheck. You know, there are always going to be things that are outside of your control. And, you know, I think another thing that we're going to start looking at too, and this is another thing that'd be out of your control, is also the way that these banks and these mortgagers have written the mortgage. I mean, Oof. you and I have seen cases, Oof. they're practically predatory. No, it's happening right now in Richmond. Um, well, I'll wait for you to finish, but you know, remind me because I'm feeling tangential here. I'm staring at the wall while I'm talking. Oh no, I, I hit this nerve on purpose. So get Oof. going. Roar. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you something right now. So I've worked with a lot of lenders and the lenders for my hotel have been terrific. I cannot say enough. Okay enough good about these people who have come out like white knights. These loan officers have been rung through a keyhole through this. Okay. Just like we all have. It's not, <laughs> we're not exclusive. They have been working with us. So, okay. You take your 90 day forbearance on the mortgage. They're so glad to give that to you. Then when that's up, everybody just kind of looks kind of looks around and says, yeah, well, it's not better yet. Uh, a little bit better, but it's not better. So you go back to the loan officer and say, hey, um, remember that one time I paid on time for like years? Um, I need to go interest only. And that way the bank still gets their money and they're adding the principal on the back of the loan. Okay, so sell the property, whatever you're going to do down the line, you figure it out then. You need to eat now. Um, but there are lenders who will not allow you to enter into just, you know, uh, putting the loan in forbearance. They will not just let you do interest only. No, you have to go into special servicing. Okay. You have to be a guarantor personally on a note that you've already been a guarantor on. You have to do a ton of things and, you know, maybe guarantee another, you know, few million dollars just to make this work. And then there's no promise that they won't foreclose on you and hold you responsible for that amount of money that you just signed your life away on yet again. Okay. So they're making it impossible. And because of the terms that they're asking, okay, a lot of owners are just saying, okay, never mind. Nope. Take the hotel, go into foreclosure, just go. And you know <laughs> what I mean? Fills down my spine. <laughs> right. Well, and at what point, you know, to what end? Do these, what I want to understand is do lenders want, <laughs> do they want an empty hotel? 
Okay, if your hotel is going into foreclosure, you're probably not doing so hot. You haven't been doing so hot for a while and the writing is on the wall. Okay, so that is, you know, it, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, if they don't, you're in danger, like you've, you've done deals with the state for your sales tax. You've done deals with the county for your occupancy tax. You've done deals with the brand. You're paying current plus whatever you were behind in arrears to make it right for however many months. And you've signed off on that too. Um, you have paid, everybody gets something when you sat down to pay your bills, okay? You have to make that decision. I'm the guy in my organization that makes that decision and says, okay, American Hotel Register, get a hold of the rep and be like, okay, well, I know it was due on the 15th, but it's going to be on the 30th. Please don't put us on hold. I think the most important thing you can do right now, okay, no matter your position, is to have open dialogue with your banker. Don't try to hide it. Okay, have open dialogue with your vendors, have open dialogue with the state and the counties. Okay, they will work with you. Don't just let stuff pile up and all the penalties and all the interest and everything else like that. You will get buried alive. You are not in default if a payment plan is in place. Remember that. That is excellent advice. Patrick, do you think there's going to be an increase in cash management? with banks and hotels? Lord of mercy. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, cash management, uh, for those who may not know, and I have sort of limited knowledge of it myself, that's usually something that is worked into your mortgage where if you go into special servicing or if you do uh, you know, make a deal with the devil, your lender, whatever predatory servicer that might be, um, you are going to rely on them to cut all the checks, to pay bills, to do this, to do that. Um, and they are going to be very, very stringent. And they want you to have your credit card batches go into their bank account uh, because the other banks are not going to allow another bank to have control over their um, over their bank stuff, okay? And at that point in time, is where you would call in somebody like me who can say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Either working for the bank and being the person who, you know, manages the day-to-day -day operations, stuff like that, or being the person that advocates on the behalf of the debtor in possession, which is what they're called, the ownership group, um, you know, working with them collaboratively allowing them to still be a part of the property unless the court dictates otherwise. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when you file bankruptcy, you need to have a management company. Uh, they're going to want that, the court, okay? That may be your requirement, and it may be your requirement during the bankruptcy plan as well. Um, a lot of hotel management contracts go for three years, what have you. Groups are usually pretty amendable. Um, you know, I know that we are when we take on contracts, um, because let's give you a little shameless plug that? there. <laughs> I said, let's give you a little shameless plug there. Your company, I mean, yours and one other really hold a candle 
<laughs> in this department. So if any of you listening are looking for, you know, some management help, please reach out to Dominion Hospitality Group. They are very hands-on. You know, Patrick, even being the vice president of operations, will not hesitate to drive down to wherever you are and cover your front desk shift. Like he's that hands-on with his properties. Because again, like we said earlier, we don't sleep. Shameless plug. (laughs) Wow. No. And you give me a chance to stretch my legs, guys, you know, like, give me, you know, like bring me in in Maine, bring me in in Texas. You know, I want those Delta air miles, right, Haley? Yes. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, no, back to, back to our chit chat. It's, uh, it's no, uh, the cash management and the special servicing and the predatory lenders, you know, add it again, add it again. So, and it's not in violation of the law, but I will never, Haley, for the rest of my career, my life, understand why a financial institution is not working with the people that took out the loans. Do they want an empty hotel? Do they want a hotel that has already, you know, defaulted on its franchise agreement? What What is the point here? I, I know what it's mind blowing. Like you what and What are you going to do with 12,000 empty hotels? Good luck. Like you and I have known, you know, a project property that, you know, has, God, what was it, Patrick? 146% RevPAR index. Uh, like this hotel does swimmingly well. And there's this financial institution that is just obscenely difficult working with this hotel that has shown time and time again that they pulled themselves out of this slump far exceed, you know, even higher branded properties in their comp set. And it's just, it's not good enough. And I think that is so frustrating, especially at the property level, when you're a GM dealing with all this from ownership from the bank, I, you know, I really sympathize, you know, cause we've been there right. <laughs> with the onsite well, staff. GMs, you're going to feel a lot like you're working above your pay grade and you are, but here's the thing. Do you know, what's going to save you the loyalty to your asset and the loyalty to your staff. Okay. Um, I was pretty much treated like the furniture. Um, I just came with the hotel. The court did not see fit to remove me and I was not removable. Uh, Both sides agreed that I should remain the manager to keep the property stable, Um, you know, in, in my instance. And that could be the same with you unless you haven't been paying attention the way that you should have, et cetera, et cetera. It's best to keep an open dialogue. Um, and, but it's not too late. It's a new year. What? Hop back on. I said, it's not too late for people to get, you know, kind of resituated and back in gear. You know, 2020, I mean, I fully understand people being in a bit of a slump, you know, pandemic prospecting, working a hotel in this kind of environment is exhausting. You know, if you feel like you're behind on things, you see this train coming down the road, pick yourself up, yeah, educate yourself, cover your butt. Guys, and just and take a it. deep breath. You need to you need to take care of yourselves. Okay. That's that's like a thing. Um, you're <laughs> I look around the industry and I read all of these articles, um, you know, LinkedIn, Harvard Business, coming out in Forbes, Business Insider, people are now fatigued, the COVID fatigue, okay? I Mm -hmm. can't remember exactly what they're calling it, but I think it's been called that. Um, The DMs 
and the hotel staff are just so worn down um, and they see no end in sight. They don't have, like, it goes from being demotivated into almost a sense of hopelessness because no matter what you're doing, you're always being chewed at from some angle, whether it's, oh, you're not making enough revenue or, oh, you're not doing enough sales or, you know, oh, we can't pay the mortgage or whatever, or we're not meeting brand standards anymore because they decided to turn Medallia back on and now we're getting chewed out for our reduced breakfast that the brand made us do anyway at home. Um, yeah. she shall not be named. And <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And we found a way around it with Virginia Department of Health guidelines. Okay. Um, so hypothetically, say that you had a menu and you had tables or those stanchions that roped off your breakfast bar. And then say that you had a big acrylic screen that and to-go containers and you had a runner and then somebody taking orders and then you gave your full hot buffet breakfast to all your LNR boys, contractors, whomever in the morning before they headed out the door instead of just an apple and a muffin and maybe a granola bar, whatever you felt like buying that week. Okay. And we're still able to give that to them in a to-go container with, you know, a socially distanced kiss on the cheek and send them out the door. Okay. That's legal in Virginia right now. It's, you must get creative. Um, there are things, <laughs> three, <basic, laughs> three basic things that you limited service properties out there need to know how to do. Okay. Because you're doing the best in the pandemic right now. Okay. You need to keep your rooms clean. You need to keep your service up, your service scores. Okay, and you also need to still be serving a bang and breakfast. Now, I don't know if you should follow my advice, but I've always been more of a renegade with the brand being like, no, no, I don't like that. No, I don't like your restrictions. Um, the guests want this. Um, I understand this market, so on and so forth. Comes off a little bullheaded, but at the same time, when you have the scores to back it up, your AD is not going to say a word to you. Oh, I think that goes with that consistent theme that we've talked about, you know, I almost said tonight because that's when we're recording this. But anyways, you guys know we don't sleep, but it's communication. It's communication with your clients. It's communication with your brand reps. It's communication with your ownership, your bank. It, it should be constant. Well, it should be constant. Open dialogue. You're not here to hide anything. Everybody's struggling. Okay, like the conversations, you know, you've got folks that have a rent moratorium, you've got the uh, lenders for those properties who are looking to be paid, and then you have the property management company or the landlord or whomever as, you know, in receipt of those nasty grams, um, they're being open with their lenders everybody has had this conversation at some point or another. You are being open and honest with your employees saying, I want to give you that 5% increase. You have done such a great job through this pandemic. You deserve a 10% increase, but all increases have been capped at 2.5 or 3.5%. And you have your star performer, somebody who has broken their back for you, and you have had your hands tied. 
okay, because of fun. Okay, some people have even taken a pay cut. Um, I was lucky enough to not have to cut any of my employees pay. I was also lucky enough to only have to furlough them uh, for three weeks. And I basically gathered everybody into each meeting room and said, who wants to stay home and help save their hotel and collect unemployment for three weeks? Uh, who wants to be home with their kids? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically the first three hands that shot up, the first four, five, six, depending on the property that shot up. They stayed on payroll. I didn't fire them. Absolutely not. And I paid their, um, their what do you call it? Their benefits, like their vision and their dental and stuff like that. It's a, we're part of a PEO. It is such a small expense. Okay, uh, for us to do that. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. And I say it at every single takeover when I assemble the staff, I have the ownership there, I have the management company there, I have my business partners there, whoever's standing there. I look at the staff and I want them to know and I want them to trust me when I say at Dominion Hospitality Group, if we do not treat our employees the way they should be treated, we don't deserve our hotels our capital, mm -hmm. our assets that they grow, cultivate, and sustain for us, okay? Super big point that rests near the core of how I manage employees, hotels, whatever. Um, they're the most important thing you have. Forget the building, okay? The building's going to crumble, whatever. No, it's the human capital that you invest in, and I hate calling it human capital because it takes away, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, it's like borderline dehumanizing, okay? But like your people, that's your spot. Those are the ones who are gonna go for the, go to the wall for you with the guests, take care of those people. And you might not have a lot of money to do so, okay? But you're responsible GMs for setting the culture. It starts with you. Um, it trickles down front office manager, AGM, whatever. You're the cheerleader and you're tired as hell. You have seen it coming through all angles, and you know that if you crack for just two seconds, panic is going to go shooting through the hotel, okay, or morale is going to drop or whatever, because they're looking to you for guidance. They're spending more time with you than they are with their own families, their waking hours, okay? Mm -hmm. And ain't nobody got time for that. No birdie. <laughs> Well, Patrick, I love this conversation that we had. I know that we have you on the calendar almost once a month at this point in time talking about different topics to help some of our listeners and their hotels. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. And I wanted to also let you guys know if you are feeling that pandemic um, depression, there is a bunch of us that have been where you are, that are where you are. There's many groups like on Facebook, there's the hospitality family group. And then we actually have our own group on LinkedIn for all is fair and love and rev parse. So please feel free to hop into that group. Patrick's in that group. And all my speakers are actually part of this group that we have coming up. Ask questions. You know, there's enough business for everybody we can afford to help each other. And that's truly what our industry is. It's being hospitable. So Patrick, if you want to let them know where they can contact you, if they are looking for additional questions and help off the record, possibly, um, can you let them know? Absolutely. It's P Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N at dominionhospitalitygroup.com. Um, or just go to our website, www.dominionhospitalitygroup.com or get at us on LinkedIn. Um, that'll come straight to my inbox and you'll be talking to yours truly. 
uh, Haley, thank you for having me. I look forward to being on next month. All right. Sounds great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. We will be back next Wednesday. I am bringing on a hospitality recruiter. So if you are looking to move around in the industry, if you have questions about the hiring process or getting into the hospitality industry, be on the lookout for that. And as always, stay safe. Feel free to ask questions. We are here to help. Thank you guys so much and see you next week. <music>